0: If there's anyone in football who doesn't like and admire Bob Murphy, they've escaped my attention. Actually, that isn't quite right. Sam Newman stunned us all on the Footy Show last year, claiming Murphy tried to steal the limelight during the Bulldogs' 2016 on-field celebrations. Welcome, Bobby. How did it feel to cop that whack from the Footy Show?
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty embarrassing. Like it was, I was going into my last game of footy. Um... Look, I, I understand. You, you know what it's like. Foot, footy's a bit like the jungle, and occasionally, you know, something comes out and... But you're a protected species, remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, to, to go into your... That, that felt a bit like... It was a bit like being king hit um, going into your last game. Yeah. And I uh, mean, it doesn't come as a shock to me that, that I wouldn't be Sam's cup of tea. And, um, but, I, you know, I, I regret storming the stage to drag <laughs> the Beveridge's medal off him. I shouldn't have done that.
0: Uh, how do you feel now that it's all over? It's been, it's been
1: certainly half your life. Yeah, it is a bit. And it's done. Someone asked me when it was all done. You know, what does it feel like? And it, it felt like leaving the Big Brother house after eighteen years. It's such <laughs> an intense. Yeah, yeah. And you, you you do become very narrow, and your vision is is quite short you, you, because they got that hyper focus. The ga- That's what it did to me. The game, um, it intensified me, and you know, um, it gave me that narrow focus. And now that now that it's over, you know, the war is over as know, As a way of describing it, I sort of feel a bit more, a bit more relaxed. I can the the vision is you know mm. for just for everyday things is a bit broader. Did you ever know,
0: say in the last two years, where you were headed? Because I, you and I had a conversation six months ago, and I didn't think you were totally committed to the idea of being a media practitioner.
1: Um, yeah, I I, I love I, I've loved the stuff I'm loving the stuff I'm doing. Um, I love. I love writing um, for the newspaper, and I, I love footy. Once, once footy gets its claws into mm, it, mm. but also because football is such. A, you know, I, I, that's all I've. I left school at year 11, more or less, to, to become a footballer. 18 years in that intense environment. So it is kind of an adjustment of okay, what? Not worried, but just okay, what? What can I do? What? Where am I value? And what will? What sort of you know fill fill my soul? You got fifty years to go. Did you? Did you
0: prepare for any any field post football?
1: Uh, uh as in university. As in academically, or yeah. Uh no. I'd, once I started writing for the Age. I I, I mean, most guys, you know, they they have their columns ghost written. I, I threw myself into that like, like a degree. So that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to. I wanted to learn the craft, and mm-hmm. I've mm. tried to write a a, a novel, you know a book and.
0: I like it and I like it and it's I don't know if it whimsical's the word but it's sort of it's a bit it's it fits that image of you whether that image is right or not I'm not sure. <laughs> I had a brief chat to your wife Justine. <laughs> I'm not sure oh, that dear. I'm not sure that Robert Murphy at home is the same bloke we see publicly. Is it or not?
1: Uh, well I mean to quote her to quote my my darling Justine I'm I, at home especially with the football thing that was the focus. I Stress, uh, you know, a bit of a stress head and quite highly strung. And mm. and, and she, she would have cut, you know, if we had a little tiff, she'd be like, you've got everyone bluffed. You're not what? laid back. And I <laughs> I think, you know, I can tell you whatever I want, but our wives, they know the truth. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I wouldn't have picked you for that. You seem... So laid back is the right expression for what most of us see you.
1: I think with the the football thing, it was... I never felt the urge to... I didn't want to overplay how... How obsessed I was with it. I probably downplayed it a little bit, but in private, I took it. I maybe not took, didn't take myself all that seriously all the time, but I took the game incredibly seriously.
0: You spent the bulk of 2016 sitting behind Luke Beveridge on match days in the coach's box. Did it make you less inclined or more inclined to pursue a career in coaching post football? Uh,
1: with, I mean, I it, it, I admired Luke. I mean, I admire him anyway for lots of reasons, but. Uh, I admire him, and it's a it's a privileged position to watch the game of footy over 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 his shoulder. But it it didn't awaken the I want to be a senior coach. <laughs> the stress and the the mechanics of football that's not where my for one of a better term skill set is. I, I, I like the relationship side, the psychology of footy. That that side of footy fascinates me, and I've got a, an appetite for that. But the the moving of the, the magnets around. Um, no, that's, that's not where I think my future... Let's, let's cut to the chase. You think they go crackers in the box. <laughs> oh, they, well, they do. The game... I think the game sends all of us a little bit a little bit off the deep end and mm. our senior coaches, um, it, it's, it's a lot on one... I describe the senior coach in a football club as the sun in the universe. Everyone orbits and draws energy from that senior coach, which is too much on one person, but that's just the way it is. Three big names have been in charge of you. Um, Wallace, Ede
0: and, and, and Luke Beveridge has become a big name because he's a premiership coach yep. all, from where I sit, all different all with their own peculiarities who did you relate best to?
1: Uh, I related best to, to Luke but I think that's down to also the timing of things when, when Plough, when I got to the club in 2000, Plough was the coach I was green, naive, pretty lazy bit of a daydreamer had a bit of talent but so he, he had to kind of break me in like mm. a like a Brumby you know and so Plough
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Plough Plow was really hard on me and, and he needed to be but his voice kind of <laughs> sends me back I almost get post-traumatic stress <laughs> and Rocket came and I loved my time with Rocket um, and Rocket can be hard on players as well um, he and I got on really well and we had a great time together on the field we you know we, it was an exciting time we'd been down the bottom and he sort of took us on a bit of an adventure um, but Luke and I were probably more similar. Um, he's not like anyone I've met in football. He he has the balance of the mechanics of footy, the the strategic stuff that we talked about, but also the emotional, the storytelling. He's um, he's a hard he's a hard man to describe, but I think he got the balance of things. And I was when he came, I was 32. I was sort mm. of just I was desperate just to hang on, and and I probably played my best footy under Luke, I would say. Rodney Eade has a reputation for having
0: a biting tongue. And I think he would accept that too. How did he handle you? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I I don't recall ever being the victim of a um, victim's the wrong word, but he never really let me have it in the in the traditional fire and brimstone sense, which I saw him do that to other players. But I, I remember a couple of times he just looked at me and said, "Disappointing, Robert." <laughs> <laughs> but you know that the and psychology, that would have cut you, yeah, oh yeah, cut. I would you know take months to get over that.
0: And what about when he did target someone in the group? And peel the paint off the walls. Was there anyone better, or worse,
1: do uh, you, you want to
0: term it? Well, I, I
1: he, he could, don't get me wrong, Rocket. When he when he pulled the ripcord, it mm. would it would you know it would frighten you. Um, but but often Rocket he would let it all out in the box, and he was you know he's an eccentric character with a temper, and it would let fly in the box. By the time he got down to us, he would he was quite an optimistic coach in lots of ways. Um, but pl- I, my my memories are of Plow being. Really, really hard, and the, the the verbal stuff was was fierce.
0: Hmm. Now, my um, for one of a better expression, my love affair with you, the footballer, dates back to I think you'd played about three seasons of football, and I was working for the Herald Sun, and I devoted an entire page to comparing <laughs> you <laughs> to Robbie Flower. Yeah, you went early.
1: <laughs> you went <laughs> you like, yeah, early. But, I
0: mean, there were lots of reasons. I mean, you were both wafer thin. You had gone to number two at the Bulldogs, for the number he yep. wore. Um, you were a right-footer who bounced the ball left-handed, uh, very good on your feet, and I just yep. thought it was a very good comparison. And, uh, how, when, you, when you're young and someone says that sort of thing and likens you to a grade of the game, is it uplifting? Is it scary? How do you react? Oh,
1: for to... a, well, for a football family... Like you know, I'm from a football family. It was a... It was a, like a massive thrill, but I—I was probably blessed that I didn't get to watch Robbie play that much, so I—I I didn't know—I probably didn't know at the time how big a deal that is, and and so I'd, I never felt like it was a, a cross to bear. It was only later on that I thought, oh God, I've let Mike—you know—I <laughs> <I think laughs> might have—I have I really let Mike down. No, my investment was returned, but I've got to thank you because because of that comparison, I got to meet Robbie probably three or four times at, at various functions. And I've got a great photo with him at the at the Brownlow Medal one year. And he I just had three of the greatest footy conversations I've ever had. And he was just very generous and mm. empathetic. He was full of praise for the modern players. And I thought at the time that kind of sat adjacent to a lot of the mm. uh the, his 80s contemporaries, yeah, where they kind of sort of no. you know look down their nose a bit at, at the you know you would have loved little him. flanker, yeah. yeah I, well, it was that, a bit, that yeah. ability
0: to stay out of trouble yet be brave in the in the process. I mean, there was never a question on on his courage nor yours. Yeah, well,
1: I think that the thing with with Robbie, I, I didn't get to see him play live, or and I haven't even seen that much tape. But I, I I listened. I love footy stories, and I think you can tell by the way people talk about certain players, especially someone like yourself and other other people who've been around for a long time that. He was one of those, you know, that phrase, you know, a footballer's footballer.
0: It's been a romantic journey for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it appearance, has been. Your parents, Monica and
1: John, both left
0: the Catholic religious orders <laughs> to did. ultimately marry.
1: They weren't overly happy with you dressing up as a priest. Oh.
0: <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> that was a promo. That's not
1: true. That's uh, not true. they um, um, about
0: that. And then, and then you meet Justine when you were, I think, 12 yeah, school? 12,
1: yeah, about 12, yeah. What was
0: your uh, pick-up
1: line? Uh, well, I... I I did spot her, and it was you know I. You're at the same school. Same school. Yeah. I was a year below, and I I went to the, the 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 year seven disco before my time. Really, I wasn't meant to be there, but mum was a teacher, so I thought a bit overconfident. Thought I'll rock along, <laughs> and I saw her. Thought she's the prettiest girl I've ever seen. Sat down next to her, said hello. And she turned to me and sneered, what are you doing here? What are you even doing here?
0: <laughs> because you, she was a year ahead of you, she wasn't she? She was a year ahead yeah. of me and she was not impressed And at she wouldn't have kid that you were one of the jocks, would she?
1: No. No, <laughs> no. she still oh. doesn't
0: care. But that charm worked, didn't <laughs> it? <laughs> the dynamic's still the same in many regards. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a lovely story, though, to be kids uh, that young ultimately get married. You were a long time uh, po- popping the question, Bobby.
1: Yeah, no, well, we weren't, we weren't high school sweethearts, Although, that, like, there was a few stolen kisses. I oh, just, no, to quote Justine, <laughs>
0: yeah. she passed you a few
1: yeah, times. Yeah, that's well, what? that's what that's you know, the stolen kisses are not. That'd romantic. From, that's not how people from Warrigal <laughs> talk. Yeah, we pashed, we pashed behind the behind the school sheds a couple of times, but we weren't a couple till our till mid twenties. And three kids now. Three kids, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Great careers, no question about that. Three hundred games, one massive disappointment for you, one hole in your career, and that's missing the two thousand and sixteen flag. Mm. How deeply did it burn for you?
1: Oh, I don't know. In the context of... Because you have to put these things into context. That I like Jared Waitley's phrase that football is the dessert trolley of life. So in that context, missing out was... It was like grief. So it's still... You know, I'll think about it every day. The, 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 uh, the, the sharpness of the, the pain is, you know, subsiding a little mm. bit. But, it, yeah, it's, it was a... It was a it knocked me
0: around. Can you recall the day, or the weekend, or the time when you said, "I think this team can win the flag, and I'm not going to be there"?
1: Uh, yeah, well, we we beat Port Adelaide in Adelaide, and Port Adelaide was kind of a middle of the road team that year. But that was a that was a brutal game of football, and and our boys just got over the line late in the last quarter. And Bonty had big guy mo- at the big moments. We you know we we stood up, and I remember thinking. Ugh this it's it's happening and i went home that night and and was having a glass of wine with justine i said i think i think the boys might win it this year and from that point on i was already kind of bracing myself because i you know i know i've been around footy long enough i i knew that you know it was going to be the bulldogs thing and then there's the you know the sad captain in the corner and how how can i handle that do you feel part of it
0: do you think that you're part of the premiership team i know you weren't in the 22 but do you see yourself as being part of that premiership team
1: well a part of the club yeah, yeah i'm not insecure about my role for the team and for the club at that at that time so the people say, you know people say I was mixed emotions mm. but so the the only way I can describe that was as a as a fan of the bulldogs it was euphoria mm. yeah because we are we're fans we're supporters we're barrackers as a leader of the club i was proud like it was a pride that I'd never felt before. But as a footballer, I was utterly heartbroken.
0: When uh, the Bulldogs beat GWS in an epic preliminary final, mm. you knew then that the team was within two hours of that ultimate glory. Yeah. Hand on heart, how did you feel?
1: Uh, hand on heart with about with about two minutes to go. When it, I mean, it was an incredible game of football. I don't know if there's been a better game of football. Um, certainly I haven't seen one. But with two minutes to go, and then you know your mind races to okay, if we if the boys win, they're in the grand final. You know I'm going to miss out all that. I was I was I was terrified of how I would feel, mm. and it's a and it's a it's not a not something I would hope on anyone else to lose trust of your emotions. Yeah. I, I I honestly didn't know if I'd be happy, um, and then the siren went, the boys won, and I was stunned, and trying to just make sense of it all and Chris Grant grabbed me in a headlock and said we're there and and by his words I took it as the club, we're there the entire clan and that that for me, I don't know if that kicked me over but it it did put it into perspective it's bigger than the 22, it's bigger than the cup, it's bigger than, this is a a, a, a shift for our entire club and, and, and and I was relieved that I felt I did, that there were tears of joy so you, with some, all with a... some warts on it. Yeah, sure. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't, no. you know, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't all rosy. There were some warts on my, you know, happiness. So you're all on the same journey. Yeah.
0: Grand final day. Yep. And you, you, you knew you were going to win before the final siren sounded. Yeah. What were your emotions in, and what were your thoughts about whether you should be out there, uh, how you should conduct yourself?
1: Um, I was that was that was a battle that had raged all week. I mean I didn't want to go to the grand final parade. I had to be talked into that. But I I was just I felt like for the players I had to I had to put a you know, present that I was okay. So that they weren't they're not having to, you know, be distracted about that. So I knew and this goes back to the initial thing about I knew I for some people I I couldn't win. So if I Mm. if I sulked in the corner Oh, you know, oh, he's a sook, You know, it's not about you, mate. But then, if you're, if you're there and presenting as a as a leader of the football club, and you're happy for people, and you would behave as you would, if then, oh, you know, he's taking the loss. So I knew I, there was almost like a high wire that I and I chose to not to not sulk in the corner, to 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 be up front and just to go with go with what was happening. The
0: Northcote stylist, a.k.a. Justine, <laughs> says that you are anxious at home um, and it would have mm. weighed on you. And I mean, how, how was your emotional state in private?
1: Um, again, with the context of f- sport being the dessert trolley, I don't know how... I mean, it was almost like a nervous breakdown. So it was, mm. it was so exhausting because in public and I was around the club and around the boys and I was trying to help them and, you know, be be strong and not be a distraction and support them and help them I found that and then I would come home and and sort of just crash and and you know take it you know not take it out but you know Justine have to sort of pick up the pieces this is a bit of a surprise a bit of a shock for me actually because I I came here thinking that we would I was interviewing you for my show. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine your show. So can right. I, I'm just going to hijack. <laughs> Where, where'd they go? Where'd my questions go? I'm going to have to go off. The, that, another tactic by you. That's our play by I you. I saw
0: that uh, uh, clipboard and threw it out, mate. Okay. Well, do do, do, do it off right. the top okay. of your head. Okay, off
1: the top of my head, okay. Um, who, uh, have you ever been interviewed before? Yes. Hmm. Okay. You're going to be better than this, one. I thought, I this, thought that was going to be one for me. Right. Who, who's more intimidating who were you more intimidated to interview, myself or Jacko?
0: Um, probably you. <laughs> that's one. Because at me. least you've got a brain. That's, <laughs>
1: that's one to me. What's your what's your what's your best bit of advice for me as an interviewer?
0: I uh, know oh, I think you you'd be good at it. When my if, when people ask me about that, I think you need a couple of things. You need to be able to converse, and you need to be curious. And I think curiosity is the greatest asset that an interviewer can have.
1: There we go, curious. I'm going to
0: tuck that in my top pocket. And now you're actually going to be in this role, mid-season for Fox. Fox. 4. Yeah, your show's called Bob. Bob yeah. yeah,
1: palindrome. And
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <It's>, it nearly <laughs> knocked me over when I heard it was going to be called Bob. You will. You're going to pick certain targets out, that are friends of yours or people that you know of. Yeah, people and people and I'd go like and
1: to meet. Door knock them. Well, not so much door knock them, but people who are an eclectic bunch of. People out there who aren't—I'm not going to encroach on your space of you know, ex-footballers and but people from maybe the the fringes of the music industry and mm. in, entertainment and actors and all sorts of politicians and, and talk to them about their passion for footy. If you had a free day, Bobby, yep. just and you will have them now because
0: you um, you haven't got the footy commitment. Yeah, just uh, Justine, the kids are doing something else. How would you spend it?
1: Um, how would I spend it? I'd probably organise to. Meet a mate in the city, catch the tram in and have a... Have you'd, a you'd literally a, catch the tram in? Oh, yeah, well, good boy. Catch an Uber. I wouldn't drive. Yeah. Um, and have a boozy lunch, probably. Yeah. And then later on, go and go to the Northgate Social Club and watch a gig. That'd, just that'd be a pretty good day for me. Sta- at sta- some sta- point, I would water the lawn, though. I'm a bit obsessed <laughs> with, the, with the lawn at the moment. So
0: at the gig, you'd stand quietly up the back and just... Yeah, no. ..tell people the autographs will come after the show?
1: Well, obviously, I'd storm the stage and take <laughs> over. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wait for the singer to... <laughs> when, sorry, that's the second time you said that. Were you... When you went, were called up... Luke called you up on the stage, didn't he? At the yes. final? Yeah, Luke. How did you feel momentarily, that instant reaction to Luke saying... Oh, oh no, no
1: I... I don't know how... I, I get asked that a lot. I felt... The only way... I, I felt everything. I felt pride, euphoria, sadness. It was like trying to hold on to a secret that everybody knew. Everyone knew I was living a... An athlete's hell. That's yeah. an athlete's hell. Footballer's yeah. hell. So it was kind of at least was like, you know, we know. It's OK yeah. to let it all out. Bobby, 45 players in, at every football club. They always seem that there's a
0: magnificent bond between them all because they've got a common purpose and all those sort of things. Sometimes the emotions boil over, don't they? Your mate, Luke Darcy, did, <laughs> did, did he, uh, he upset you one night of training, did he not?
1: Well, he didn't upset me. He put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, I and then a, he upset obviously... I think that's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, it was it a practice match? It was a practice match, yeah. And un- unbeknownst to me, which was the critical bit of information, that Rocket took Dars and Scotty West aside and said, because we are a young group, um, said, I want you to start a bit of, tr- start a bit of trouble today. I didn't know about any of that, and Dars and I were very close, but we'd sort of rib each other a little, and we were on opposite teams. And the game started, and I knew the nickname Bambi used to upset him because you know <laughs> all arms and legs, and he'd fall over. And I was just I was chipping him, chipping him, chipping him about being Bambi and about being a big soft ruckman and Bambi, Bambi. And I turned to take a <laughs> take a kick out. You know the ball was about to be kicked back in, and he came up behind me, and he he <laughs> he says that he he wanted to reach around and sort of you know, punch me across the chest or something, but it just it got me in the sweet spot and, down I was out. Daniel. Yeah, I was out, yeah. That
0: wasn't the end of the story, though, was it?
1: <laughs> you went after uh, when I woke up? Yes. When you woke up, did you
0: um, post uh, a, well, no- a notice yeah. <laughs> in his locker?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it was it's a long time ago, but it's funny now, but I was sort of left to my own devices, really. I was sort of taken off the field and just sort of sat there for a while, sort of came to and a bit dazed. And I knew it was I knew it was Dars or Bambi, as it were. And I went into his locker and I had a, I grabbed a, a blue texter and, and I wrote coward above his locker, wow. which and it remained there for until they redeveloped the footy club. No
0: one, if there's one word that you wouldn't want written on your locker, it would be coward,
1: <laughs> wouldn't it? Well, to to his to Dars's credit, he he left it up there, and he yeah. you know that was kind of his. That was his punishment, I suppose.
0: I saw you in the Surrender Hotel just before Christmas and you looked like you were pretty good mates there.
1: Yeah, no, we're we're tight. Yeah, no, Mm. he was... I mean, he picked me up for when I first arrived to the club. You know, that that classic under-the-wing footy story Mm. of... um, You know, I I admired him and loved playing under him, especially when he was captain.
0: Murph, how did you feel at the end of 2010? you've You've been beaten in three prelim finals in a row. Yep. At that point, we look back at it now it's, and you just dismiss it in a sentence, but mm. at the time, do you ever think you're going to cross that hurdle to get to uh, the big dance?
1: Uh, probably then, probably at the corner of 2010, you don't think it's over. You prob- There's a nagging thought of, oh, was that our shot? It's not until probably two years later when you have a, you know, you bottom out, the coach, Rocket got the sack, Brendan McCartney comes in and you, you, you feel the rebuild and then you have those... The quiet moments of, oh, that was that was it. That was mm-hmm. my chance. And you know, do you stay or do you go? And you know, I was always going to stay. And yeah, it was that. Oh, okay, wow, that was it. That was the sort of last crack at it. And then of course, and then, 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 Luke Beveridge came, and it, you know, then I describe it as magical. What what happened was, was was football magic.
0: The extension of that is what's the? It sounds a simple question. Is what's the high point of your career? Because it may not necessarily be the premiership because you weren't, you didn't participate in it. Uh,
1: well, yeah, it still is. It still is, it? is. yeah. So
0: that's the best thing that happened to you in your time at, at the Bulldogs, yeah. even though you weren't on the
1: ground. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but so uh, this is how I would describe it, to, to emphasise the point. That my greatest day in football was the 2016 Grand Final. My worst day in football was the 2016 very film. good? Very good. What you, are your what's what are your views on tats? At, not in Lotto, as in. Um... Well, I would. I don't know if. I don't know if you should get one. I don't. know.
0: <laughs> Where but, would I get it? And yeah. what would I get?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a little tulip. Well,
0: <laughs> I, hear yeah, tulip. tulip. And, and actually, bit, yeah. I could be tempted into. You that. know what? We could both get one. We could, couldn't we? Brothers, yeah, yeah. We could put on my show. I would, and I would actually. Um, might be talked into having one of Elvis, which you already have, adorning your uh, yeah. your chest.
1: It is of Elvis, yeah. of a young Elvis, but, of course, you know what football clubs are like, you can't get away with anything. Nathan Brown quickly looked at that and quipped... That's Paul Roos, you know. So, <laughs> did he? Yeah, so... did want to
0: have meant that brilliant. Well, yeah,
1: and <laughs> years later, I was sitting in the Canberra airport and I'm sat next to Paul Roos and Ben Hudson's... Been, and I I knew... I thought, oh, no, the, the boys will twig here. Because we played Sydney, but it was... Anyway, we're all at the same airport. And I saw Roosie, I thought, oh, someone's going to twig here. Anyway, the Sydney boys got called, they, they left for their plane and then Ben Hudson sort of jumps to life and he grabs me and drags me and makes me take my shirt off <laughs> in the middle he? of Canberra airport to show Roosie. And Roosie said how good's that, you know, some of my players won't listen to me. <laughs> Here I am
0: on your yeah. chest. He would have believed that, Rosie, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> 2017, we can't fi- do this interview without you talking about that. When, yep. when did you feel on the way through, this is not panning out the way I wanted it to? We might not even make the eight, which you ultimately didn't do. Was it an anti-climax? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, just... 2015 and 16 did feel... Magical. We'd hit on something very unique. That group of players. It felt like we just, the club. We just got it right. We had it right. Um, The leaders of the club, kind of emotionally, all pointed in the right direction. Different people, but pointing in the right direction. And then in 2017, we just lost the magic. Mm. And people, people want to say, you know, the headline, you know, the premiership hangover. But I think I don't think that does it justice. I think the, the and. People, you know, they'll criticise me for saying this, but the Bulldogs premiership was a bit more than just a premiership. It was, for our club, it was a cultural event. Mm. It's a big, mm. a big, big difference than just the latest premiership for a, for a club. And I think emotionally, it was difficult for everyone to navigate. I think the symptoms were probably different. You know, some guys might have taken their eye off the ball, and um, but I think even supporters. But I, I, it was difficult to, to, to get there again after after the. The drama and euphoria. What was going through your head the the last time
0: you walked off an AFL ground?
1: Um, What was going through my head? I think it was just relief. I was just completely exhausted.
0: You were near Hodgie too, who at that time? Yeah,
1: that was. I mean, that was that was really nice. That was it was a nice. I mean, I'm I'm very close with with Ruffy and Hodgie. um, You know, to be on the same field as Hodgie for his last game. His, his first last game, but then, you know, Clarko, he was my first coach at Werribee. Um, yeah, it was, but it, it was relief. I was, I was completely exhausted. Physically, I was done. Emotionally, spiritually, all of that. I was, I'd run the tank dry, so it was like, I've had enough. Get me out of here. Get me in the caravan.
0: <laughs> you did run the tank dry, and you should be proud of that, and I can honestly say that uh, few players have given me more pleasure to watch than you have over the journey. It's been a great ride. Like everyone else, I would have loved you to have participated in the flag, but it didn't happen, but you've got a great legacy.
1: Thanks, Coming Bobby. from you, Mike. Thank you very much, mate.